You are now listening to Feeding Off Each Other. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, guys. This was supposed to be lunch. Was it? Yeah, it's a little <laughs> late. I feel like that's mostly my fault, though. I, uh, no, no, I no. Like back. a lunch meeting. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're not, we're not grilling you about <laughs> the time. <laughs> yeah, see, see She's you. a little late there, Ryan. <laughs> Who are you? It's almost 420. I got to... <laughs> Um, yeah, no, we were supposed to meet at the, uh, Wild Eye and have a, have a brew. That was the original plan, yeah. I feel roped into a podcast because you're like, oh, come a, a bit little later. Bit. Oh, actually, the other guys can join. Oh, actually, we'll record a podcast. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, this is becoming something else. I know, I know. You definitely got roped in, and that's why I didn't do it at first. I was like, nah, 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 we'll, we'll just meet, we'll just meet. And then, it, you know what's funny? I was thinking, maybe I'll just ask him, does he want to do a podcast? Because it's a fun way to meet. For sure. And, and then we have a podcast, like, group chat. And I accidentally, like Freudian thinking, I said, all right, Ryan's confirmed podcast on Friday. And I meant to say confirmed lunch. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, wait, no, that's just what I was thinking. So I was like, wow, I'll just ask him. So that's the genesis of it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's very confused when you're like, well, I'll have to ask him. And I'm like, <laughs> your definition of confirmed is different than mine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, we're going to, we're just going to pretend that we're having beers. Perfect. So it's not an interview. It's not a podcast. Forget that there's mics in front of us. It's not a podcast. It's not a podcast. What the it. hell are we right. doing? <laughs> We're just meeting Ryan. Pretend yeah. Beers. There's a soundboard. Anyways, thanks for uh, joining us today. How was your day today? Was good. Uh, kind of a normal day. I was working on a script for a video. Uh, Luke Gow shoots and edits for us. Is finishing up an edit. Should be going out tomorrow sort of late on our homework as we usually are is coming down to the wire but uh, hopefully be ready by tomorrow morning that's about it nice normal day yeah i was curious to see how you guys do it i mean i, I know if you guys as a youtube channel and always fascinated by what other youtube channels look like because yeah there's not really a model and, and everyone seems to invent their space and their workflow differently so yeah totally so we we connected maybe what was it three years ago now january 2020 maybe there was a time before that Yes, uh, it's the earliest that I know of. Um, yeah, the serious that I know of. That's a bit of an embarrassing story on my <laughs> end. <laughs> yeah, I've been on the other end of that too. So Ryan asked us to collab. He said the email was, anybody want to learn how to ride a motorcycle? And uh, yeah, I said, yeah, sure. We're, we're into it. You were so enthusiastic. <laughs> and then... I completely dropped the ball yeah, for three Ryan years. Ryan us. Yeah. Boom. Roasted. However, <laughs> I didn't take it personally because I was probably very busy at the time. And then a couple months later, we all know what happened there. 2020. Yes. The world shut down. A couple of days ago, I get an email in my inbox. Hey, Ryan, I got my motorcycle home on. I'm ready. It's been three years. Let's, uh, <laughs> Is let's that what you said, thing. Matt? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, because uh, another friend of ours in the mountain bike space, the mountain BCPOV. Oh, yeah. He uh, he was like, oh, you should get Ryan on the podcast. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Hey, wait a second. I think he like, may have emailed us or something. So I just typed in Fortnite. I'm like, there's the email. And I was like, oh, I must have ghosted him. Damn it. <laughs> that was, that was all my fault. I felt bad about it, which is why I was so amenable to coming on a podcast. When you pushed me, I was like, look, I got to say yes to these guys. Yeah. <laughs> you always won. Yeah. That's the move. No, no, I know. It's like it's busy. We've but, definitely uh, done that before. Oh, 100%. And we will in the future yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that was uh, that was interesting. So what, is the offer still open? The offer is definitely still open. I, I think I'm the original here. idea that we had was 
you know, it'd be cool to take someone who doesn't ride and, and teach them how to ride and, and talk about the sort of entry-level basics of motorcycling. I don't know if that applies to any of you guys anymore, if you're all motorcyclists now and maybe the ship has sailed. No. No, nope, not no. in the light, not in the slightest. Dave Excellent. hates bikes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so usually Dave is the, he's the, the non-rider in the group. Okay. We've, we've taken him mountain biking, mm-hmm. but we're the, we're the experts, we're the elitists. And we make fun of Dave for being the noob, mm-hmm. but it'd be good to it'd be fun to spin the tables around and uh, Jason and I become the noobs. Yeah, I've only ever ridden uh, like a dirt bike, like a one twenty five cc. Okay. Yeah, cool. That's like the extent of my experience. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's perfect. I like to start from ground zero. Oh, you got all three of you guys on that <laughs> on one bike. Sidecar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> There's a, one territory. I think it's like Yukon or none of it or something where. I think they're just not very familiar with motorcycles at all. And they actually stipulate in the rider's handbook to get your license, you need to have an experienced motorcyclist riding on the back of your bike, um, supervising you, which is insane to anyone who knows motorcycles because riding is hard. Riding with a passenger is really hard. And so starting like that is just berserk. Everywhere else in Canada, you just need to be within sight of a motorcyclist to get going. But, uh, but yeah, somewhere in the territories, you actually would start with two or maybe three on the bike. Which be so you have to have someone hugging you? Yeah, riding Teaching pillion. you, whispering in your ear? Exactly. Whispering in your ear, you're doing this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're such a noob. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be an awful way to learn. But I think it's so remote up there, it's sort of like, eh, if you can get a bike up there, like you just do whatever you want. Right. You know? Seems cold. No one's going to stop you. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> do, you, do you ride you around here? For sure. Yeah. Really? I mean, you, you saw me in? walk in yeah. with a big highlighter yellow... Uh, uh, highlighter pen suit oh, yeah yeah year like round it's, it's the amazing thing about vancouver <laughs> is never really shuts down i've got a fat tire motorcycle it's called a van van um it's awesome in the snow and yeah you can just keep cruising i feel like uh when i ask that uh i feel like when people ask us that for mountain biking <laughs> they're like you ride you around <laughs> yeah, wow exactly. like well yeah it doesn't yeah so now i am an idiot okay cool <laughs> there you go <laughs> next question <laughs> uh, well i mean i guess it's the same for mountain biking like uh probably a lot of people hang them up you know in in november or december for sure um yeah the cross rockets will, yeah yeah right the smooth tires the fast bikes totally those go away uh yeah i mean they don't have to no. um no i mean you could you, you could keep doing it if you wanted it's a little dodgy in the, in the snow and in the ice, but it's not as sketchy as people think it is. I think, again, kind of like mountain biking, like you can mountain bike in the snow totally fine. It's just slippier, but yeah, it's possible. I have a couple friends. I feel like they put it away all winter. Well, now I'm going to call them out. Yeah. It's soft. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why they do, but is it a thing with like preserving the, the bike, like salt on the road, all the grit from like, debris for sure yeah um winters are harder on motorcycles i know guys who who refuse to ride in the wet at all so they'll just take their bikes out in the dry because that's obviously the best thing for it typically guys with like old like 70s you know japanese motorcycles the aluminum on those things is just like butter by this point so they do fall apart pretty quick in the wet and they fall apart uh, exceptionally quick when it gets salty so, yeah, I think, I think preserving the machine is, is part of the motivation for people hanging them up. But at the same time, I mean, you can, you can just get some $800, like, winter beater and just keep thrashing it, and then, then you don't really care. Hey, Chuthers, are you looking for the ultimate Black Friday sale? Of course you are. Well, look no further than MahaloMyDude.com. That's right. We've got everything you need from cool T-shirts to awesome stickers, cozy hoodies, stylish hats, and even toques to keep you warm this season, eh? And water bottles. And guess what? 
it's all at jaw-dropping prices this week for Black Friday. Plus, we've got more exciting offers lined up throughout this holiday season. So whether you're treating yourself or hunting for the perfect gifts for your favorite mountain biker, Mahalo My Dude is the spot to be. Yep, head on over to MahaloMyDude.com and gear up for epic deals all season long. Mahalo My Dude, where chuthers find their ultimate swag. And And now now back back to to the the pod. pod. It's crazy to me how, you guys actually just did a video on this, how cheap motorbikes are, especially like, you're saying you can get an $800 bike, ride it around, ride it anywhere. If you get an $800 mountain bike, it's kind of a piece of shit. Sure. <laughs> like it, yeah. It's probably not that safe to go take it out down a trail. Yeah. Yeah, no, motorcycles are, are, I think, unreasonably cheap for what you get. I think I know the video you're referring to, and we were kind of comparing the relative cost of motorcycles and mountain bikes. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, part of it's just as a global market. Uh, part of it's that they're practical tools in some markets. It kind of drags down their price in others. Um, there's massive economies of scale versus mountain bikes because mountain bikes are like really particularly tuned, um, customizable sizes, colorways, motorcycles are very one model fits all. Um, so I guess there's a few things going on and they just also last a really long time. Like, uh, the bike I rode here today is a 1975 Suzuki Van Van RV 125. I think it cost me like 1200 bucks tops out at maybe 70 kilometers an hour but it you know really it's really fun it's cool yeah it works in the winter it doesn't really owe me anything because it was cheap and um yeah just just very functional so there's lots of those bikes kicking around from i mean 75 would be almost 50 years ago now yeah Jesus. um whereas 50 year old mountain bikes are like well they don't even really exist no there was no there was no mountain biking back then <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah i mean i don't know you know maybe in in 30 years people will be saying the same about mountain bikes that there's a bunch of cheap ones uh, still kicking around but yeah, All right, guys. This isn't a podcast, but I got to do our intro. The podcast. Just remember, we're just having we're just the, having lunch here. The podcast intro. I got to do our intro. <laughs> Welcome to Feeding Off Each Other, a weekly <laughs> podcast where we feed off the talent, humor, knowledge, and awesome stories of our guests and each other. I'm Matt Dennison, joined as always by David, uh-huh. non-riding Wiggins, yeah, soon to be riding, and uh, Jason, also not a motorcyclist, Lucas. Mm-hmm. And we have an intro for you today. I think we. Kind of realized last minute that we have an intro because <laughs> people are probably wondering who is this fella talking about motorcycles on our on the podcast. I mean, not a podcast on this what on this um, audio visual journey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. Do we write an intro? I wrote an intro. Okay, I'm curious to hear it. Um, mm, you prepare to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Manage your expectations. Today we have. Oh, he screwed it up. Today we're joined by a guest <laughs> that, like us, has a passion for two-wheeled machines, but his generally have motors on them. If you're a fan of motorbikes, you may have heard of their massive YouTube channel, Fortnite, that has massed over 1.8 million subscribers. Other than that, we have no idea about this guy, but we're excited <laughs> to we're find lunch. out more. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan, oh God, please pronounce this right, Kluftinger? Yeah, he did pretty good. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Good job, yeah. Jason. Uh, Usually yeah. when I have lunch with someone, I do that anyways. I'm yeah. sitting down with the world-renowned <laughs> David Wiggins. Yeah, we're kind of just on this journey along with the audience to find out more about you. I feel like it's uh, when we were starting this YouTube journey ourselves way back when, we kind of knew other YouTubers in Vancouver because it was such a small mm, sure. community. But now there's so many creators, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, that it is this bigger sphere and we sure. can kind of coexist without really talking to each other. Just yeah. sad. 
It is sad. I think that's why I was so keen to hook up with you guys because, uh, you know, same thing. I knew of you guys as a big YouTube channel around Vancouver. There's, you know, not that many. It's easy to keep track of them. Um, but, uh, yeah, obviously don't know you guys super well. So this is keen to jump on. And, and it has been suggested a couple times to me that we should do something because of our, our interests. Especially considering how close we are together geographically as well. We're both two-wheeled YouTubers within five kilometers. Yeah, <laughs> we had no idea. I thought you were... Uh, at least like an hour away from yeah, us. No, and that's no. too far. Yeah, yeah you suggested. Like, yeah. I think you suggested Wild Eye or what was the other one you suggested? I can't remember. I was well, like, let's oh, not talk to ourselves now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> I already done it. Yeah, there we go. So tell us about the channel. I'm really curious. Um, Fort Nine. Now, how often are you guys getting confused with the gaming channel? Here we go again. Yeah, it's one of those. Um, happens a lot. We get a lot of, you know, misspells. Uh, people looking for Fortnite and land on us and are very disappointed that it's not nine-year-olds screaming at their computers. Like, I feel like you're at family reunions, like at Thanksgiving or whatever, and your aunt's like, so what do you do? And I'm like, uh, ch YouTube channel, Fortnite. Oh, video games. Totally. What? Yeah, that's that's the way it goes. It was a funny thing, actually. We The company... Um, that I work for used to be called Canada's Motorcycle. Um, they decided to change their names because they didn't uh, do exclusively motorcycle stuff anymore. So they did boats and um, they do mountain bikes and cycling now and snowmobiles, ATVs. So they wanted a generic name that didn't mean anything. So we came up with Fortnite because it doesn't mean anything. And then I think like six months later, Fortnite became a thing. And blew <laughs> no up. way. We were like, really? shit. <laughs> this <laughs> is know, great. Kind of. Yeah, maybe great. Maybe terrible. Like we weren't quite sure what the consequences would be. Um, it turns out that Google's a lot smarter than any of us anticipated. And they just kind of know based on your, your watch history and who you are, whether you're looking for Fortnite or mm. Fortnite. And they, they tend to feed people the right thing. Interesting. When I, when I used to work in um, like credit cards and, and, and mobile payments and stuff, there was this company and it was uh, like a mobile payment, like paying with your phone thing. And uh, it was called ISIS. Oh. And it launched about... Launched what? Launched... <laughs> missiles. Yeah. It just blew up, right? It just right? rocketed it just to really the top of the... Yeah. Uh, it launched like six months before. Yeah. And then they literally rebranded in like two days. And they changed their name yeah. to Soft Card. And their branding after those two days was like like clip art, though. They were just like, it, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Just it get this out. Matter. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that they were that nimble. I had a, a girl in my high school who was named ISIS. And mm. there's not really much of a way out of that one. I and mean, yeah, I guess you could change your name, but I think it takes a bit longer. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. It's a, it's a relatively common name, I think, in some places. I think so. Yeah. 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 It's a Anyways. sexy name. Is it? I'm, uh, Isis? I don't know. It's kind of... <laughs> I mean, yeah, names are tough. It's like Karen's, right? Didn't mean anything back when we also were kids. Also sexy names. So true. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> suddenly turns rough. Turns what? <laughs> so w when was that when uh, it was named Fortnite? That was 2016? Uh, 16 maybe? Yeah, that mm. sounds about right. So Fortnite is way younger than I thought. Really? I thought it was... That's been around for, I don't know, at least a decade. Oh, no, no, no. Wow. Yeah. I think it's newer than that. Or, or at least it became popular more recently than that. 
So the, the name just came out of nowhere. They meant nothing. Fort, where you're like looking at different like post-it notes, and you're like, let's take these two together. Fort and nine, or like, was there some meaning from... Yeah, there was, I mean, typical like marketing baloney, right? Um, you guys were at yeah. Fort Langley, and then you looked up and you saw nine birds. Well, kind of like that. Like original trading posts in Canada, like there were a lot of forts and we're in e-commerce sites, so we're, we're somewhat of a trading post. The 49th parallel is where Canada starts. We're Canadian companies, so Fort Nine kind of called that to mind. Um, oh, what else? There were a bunch of other like tertiary connotations that we put together in a document and said people will have a good feeling about this name. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea whether or not any of that, uh, any of that did anything for anyone, but Fort Nine was what we came up with. If I can throw it back to you, IFHT. You know, <laughs> I was just gonna what's say the origin story of this. <laughs> I was gonna say that worse. like we were way worse. We were one of many YouTubers, I think, at least in our, our era, where we accidentally stumbled upon the YouTube career. So we okay. had named our thing before it kind of took off. Mm-hmm. So we were we painted ourselves in a corner. We were IFHT. We were actually I fucking hate that at first, mm-hmm. right? And the story was that we were making thirty second sketches about things that we hated, right? Okay, and it was like little uh, pet peeves, and we just kind of turned it into little stories. It was our first kind of taste of like making comedy and trying to end with a punchline and all that. Sure. Then we uploaded to Facebook. And what, what was the first thing you hated? The very first thing we hated was something very personal to me. Uh-huh. When you're brushing your teeth and uh, the toothbrush kind of flies out of your mouth and scrapes a- across your cheek or like almost pokes your eye. That <laughs> happens to me more often than you think. I brush my teeth very aggressively. <laughs> you got terrible stick handling. That's never happened I've to maybe me. Maybe had that happen to me once. I was maybe. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now you know why it's a pet peeve. It happens too often. It's very much <laughs> pet. You know what? I, since I moved to the electric toothbrush, it doesn't happen so often. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, anyways, no one had done that video before, so that was our first. And is IFHT a, like a well-known shorthand? Is this like, uh, I don't know, whatever, TTYL, BRB? Is this like a thing that existed? No, or, uh, no, no. you just you no. made it up. Absolutely. And that's not. why everyone gets, gets it wrong. wrong. Yeah. Everyone's okay. always like IHTF, yeah. and like they can never get the order right. Do you, so, people ever think you're like the International Federation <laughs> of Hardtail <laughs> yeah, oh, Technologies? Oh, that's pretty good. Like that's pretty good. We usually say hot toddlers, but... Or we say... <laughs> I, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> I, one that I like is I fart hard though. <laughs> That's my fave. It's no, but good. we we just uh, we're uploading to Facebook, and then someone in class we started in grade twelve, so mm-hmm. two thousand nine, and uh, someone was like, "You're gonna upload to YouTube?" And we're like, "What?" And I don't know why. And they're like, "You can make money." What? Oh shit! Two thousand nine. Yeah, so this is back in the pioneer days. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, arguably, I mean, two thousand six, two thousand seven might be the. Oh, oh, nine was still very early, very yeah. especially for monetization. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That was, like, hot. Yeah. And so, yeah, like our other friend, Peter Chow, his channel name was Pyro Booby, <laughs> which had absolutely Sweet. nothing to do with anything. <laughs> anything. Yeah. Sketchy, though. And he, I think you couldn't change the links no. at that time, so he's just like, <laughs> I'm Pyro Booby. Just stick with it. Yeah. yeah. So like, it, yeah, the first Hotmail account you make when you're a kid. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be awful if we all had to keep those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So when you came up, when the company, I guess, came up with Fortnite, you were working at the company. Was it a YouTube channel at this point? Was there a YouTube channel? Uh, yes, there was. Um, yes. So Canada's Motorcycle had a YouTube channel before it became Fortnite. There's some videos on there with me, like, being super young and awkward from, uh, I guess, back in 2014, 2015. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pull that up, please. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, when we rebranded as Fortnite, we kind of wanted to invest more in our YouTube channel because we figured if we make a YouTube channel under Fortnite for maybe like six months, it'll create some credibility with 
Google and however SEO Blackmagic works. And then when we switch the store over to Fortnite, people will be able to find it on the internet. Um, so that was the, the sort of genesis of, of the YouTube project. It was really just cultivating SEO for the website. I see. Um, and then the YouTube channel did sort of better than we expected. And so we, we continued to do it. And you worked at the company before the YouTube Yes. Yeah, I was hired as a writer. So, like, writing marketed copy, ad copy, that kind of thing. Um, and then when they started a YouTube channel to create branding for Fortnite, I was, like, the closest thing that they had to a, to a video guy. Mm. And a host. And a host, yeah. Yeah, I never did any of the cameras, actually. We had a graphic designer who, like, ran the cameras um, for me and, I don't know, plugged in a Zoom mic and made it happen. Uh, I've never, never understood anything of what goes on 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 that side of the camera. Yeah, you say uh, you're a technophobic? Technophobic? For sure. Very technophobic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I always bring out my phone at these points and go like, whoa, look. You know, what the school. hell? What is yeah. that? <laughs> that's, that's a Sonom XP3. Don't put that away. Yeah, 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 cool. Check that out. You, so oh, that's hot. Ryan operates you, a flip phone. When when did you purchase this phone? Um, that was actually pretty recent because... Uh, you might not believe it, but it's quite hard to find flip phones that run I, on no, current networks. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was when he us. His yeah. phone died after. No, he sent the, email. the battery on this thing lasts for like ten days. That's part of the beauty of it because it doesn't do anything. So, That's um, so sweet. yeah, no internet, no screens. It takes pictures, but with like six pixels, it's comically bad. And um, so yeah, it's waterproof. It's shockproof. It lasts for ten days on a charge, and it's just fantastic. And the phone plan is free. So. Free? It's free, yeah. What? I mean, oh, well, okay, I pay for internet, and then they just throw in that for free because there's no data. <laughs> they just feel bad. <laughs> yeah, they just feel bad just about it. Just take it. it. <laughs> Pretty much that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, just... Uh, in the dream. Never, so never did you ever own a smartphone? Yes, I did. Yeah, I used to have one. Um, and uh, there's not much of a story about it. I just didn't really use it, so I got something cheaper. I'm so impressed right now. Yeah, I'm yeah, super so impressed. So you, don't, you don't start your morning with a bunch of doom scrolling like the rest of us? Just scrolling yeah. through Instagram? Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, Reading poetry? I think, I think people always <laughs> expect I'm going to be like vehemently like against that kind of thing and be like, you know, technology is evil and like social media is ruining the world and whatever. And maybe it is. But my ideologies are not that complicated. It's mostly just I just don't care and don't use it so I don't bother. I like that. But yeah. But other people can. To each their own, you know? Yeah. I exactly. like it. I like it. I'm inspired. Yeah. I've thought about it, and mm -hmm. then I'm like, I just wouldn't be able to function. Me too. Especially I mean, with the way we run what we do. I was going to say you'd be useless in terms of our jobs. <laughs> well, we have to call each other, God forbid. Yeah. What does what your guys' jobs look like? Like, I don't know. What does what your day-to-day? -day? trying to figure it out. Yeah. Well, Does one of you do, like, social media stuff? Or are you guys creating YouTube videos all the time? Are you doing stuff for third-party clients? I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do it all. I mean, we're all, like, we take on a lot of tasks, but, uh, I mean, we all, right now, the ability to edit and write and shoot and, yeah, we, I don't know. There's so many things because we've got Graphic. the podcast. We've got two YouTube channels. Yeah. One we put way more love into than the other. Okay. And the last three years, we've done a lot of commercials. Right. Well, mostly, yeah, mostly in the bike space. Mm. But, um, yeah. I mean, and you're all shooter, editor, host combinations or specialized? Well, Dave doesn't take part much in the Mahalo My Dude channel on mm -hmm. screen, although we did take him mountain biking once. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Dave does a lot of uh, stuff behind the scenes in terms of like graphic design. Dave and Brooke are brilliant graphic designers. Excellent. Um, whizzes. They're not they're the opposite of technophobic, whatever that is. They're whizzes. Technophile, I think. Technophiles. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> technophiles. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We're just kind of, we're all like jacks of all trades in some way. 
Cool. Can, it's good because we can pass off jobs to each other. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's probably a stronger way to be. You could carry a project completion with one vision if you wanted to. It's worth something. Yeah. What did I do? I did I describe our our roles correctly? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And we also have a merch store, so we're like right. Brooke handles a lot of that, but then we're all inputting on what that is and. And then we've got, you know, multiple social channels and we got to post on that and right. yeah, this writing ads and videos and copy and making thumbnails. And like, there's always just something. Always sure. something. Yeah. And, and make, and we, we, our thing is to make full form, long form videos. So social media sometimes kind of falls mm-hmm. behind a little bit. Sure. It's like sometimes a bit of the afterthought because we have to put all our energy into the full thing. Yep. And then it's like, okay, well, what can we take from this? And, but now it seems like. In the last few years, people have flipped. Their primary creation is the short form. And then it becomes an afterthought. And they're like, oh, well, maybe I should start a YouTube, a YouTube channel and make long form videos. And right. it doesn't take off for them so much. <laughs> so it's interesting how it's kind of switched a little bit. Okay. You guys good, do good it all, though. You guys do shorts and long form videos. Um, what do you mean by shorts? Like actual YouTube shorts? Like sub 60 seconds? So? Yeah, like you take like little bits. You we, make them... Yeah, yeah. We've never actually invested much in short content. Um, We sort of experimentally made a few just within like the last six months that were dedicated for for that format. Um, Yeah, we've recut videos into into shorter clips to put on on YouTube and TikTok. Um, Some guys at the office in Montreal were making some really sick short content for a while, but it's never been part of um, like what our YouTube team does. We've mostly just just focused on the long form stuff but we're probably going to switch and, and pay more attention to it. It seems like that's where the momentum is. I don't know if you guys agree, but um, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to get people to It's hard. not only click your video, but then stick around to the end. You sure. also wonder about like you, you change the way you do stuff and you start chasing this other trend. Then it's mm-hmm. like, no, we're doing long form now. Like, like think about like the podcast format where it's so popular and it's the longest form. <laughs> so it's, yeah, sure. I, I think it's kind of like, sometimes it's to whatever you're, you know, story, whatever thing you're making, what medium it, it suits sure. as well. Definitely, yeah. I think content definitely has to be designed for the format. Like whenever we've recut stuff yeah. into shorter clips, it never does very well. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we make videos that are like, you know, here's a really slick 45-second uh, piece on the difference between a side stand and a kickstand or something, you know, then it does great. Um, so, yeah, you, you have to put the effort into it for sure. We haven't been doing it so far, but, yeah. Yeah, we've definitely failed with, like, the recutting just like chopping something down and being like what about this well it's hard too because i feel like some of the companies that uh sponsor us they're more attracted to the to the short stuff because mm-hmm. because then when they're on their instagram they want to see the numbers and it stokes them out and but then the long form stuff is on our channel so it's like oh give us the short stuff instead and but we want to make the long stuff interesting and that's our bread and butter yeah. that's what we like to create we like to like we want to make something that's worthy of someone sitting around for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, and enjoying it. For sure. We want it to be like as close as it could be to a TV show or something. Yes. Uh, I think that's where the, where the passion is for us as well. I know you guys mostly through your long form stuff, like most of the IFHD, right. know, whatever, six, eight, 10 minute, that kind of thing. Super high production value. looks slick. You guys are very good at it. Um, yeah, that's go on. S- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fantastic hosting, and you're all very handsome. Uh, <laughs> um, Hopefully, this is an audio only listener that's hearing that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I can see where it's a strength for you guys for sure. How many people, when you yeah. say we work on the channel, like how many people are actually working on that channel? 
um, it's actually changed a lot within the last year. So historically, it was always two. Um, so I would uh, conceive of the ideas, research the video, write the script, and host it. And then there'd be this line where um, uh, my coworker would obviously shoot it on the shoot day, and then he would do the entirety of the edit, um, and uh, and then we'd put it out. Um, so we ran as a two-man team for, for most of our channel's life. And then just within the last year, um, Fortnite's got a lot into, like, distributing cycling stuff, mountain biking stuff. So there's some interest in creating mountain bike content. Jason bought something from Fortnite mm-hmm. last oh, week. It's on the way. Thank you very much. I hope it arrives soon and it's packaged <laughs> well. And, and, and It just got shipped. A good store experience. Fantastic. It took um, a while, to be honest. Yeah, well. It was a very just odd part. We're, we're still new. We're still new. It was it's a super odd part. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes it can depend on the distributor. It's not our fault. Jason's um, <laughs> uh, but Yeah, so, we, so we've added a, you know, a, another host who's going to be creating mountain biking content and another shooter to work with him. Um, and then we've also added another motorcycle host and a shooter to work with them so that we can have more content going out on the Fortnite main motorcycle channel. Um, so at the moment, we're six, which is very new and, and kind of freaky for me because, mm. uh, you know, running a company with two people is super lean and, and you can kind of see everything, all the moving parts at once. So there's not that many of them. Now that we're a bigger operation, it's kind of like, whoa, you know, are we going to be able to, to keep this ship afloat? Um, but, uh, but I think it makes sense, and, and the growth is exciting. So we'll Interesting. See. And so is that sort of under the umbrella of Fortnite, like the online store? and, and For sure. Yeah, yeah we're okay. all part of the same company. Um, it's easy to think of us as a separate entity here because the YouTube channel um, project is the only one that's based in Vancouver here. Right. Um, so Fortnite is a Montreal company. There's, I don't even know, maybe 80 people or something that work out there. Um, and then here in Vancouver has always just been the two of us. And then now the six of us. And are you, um, sorry, if this is going too deep, but like, are you setting your own goals and your own achievements and like scaling up based on what you think is right? Or is there people above you that are like, no, we need more videos. No, that's, that's, that's just us. Um, yeah. Fortnite is like oddly hands off. Um, they find out about videos when they come out. Um, and like, they see them the same time as everyone else. And they never tell us to like, focus on topics or, or do things on certain gear, do things on certain bikes. They just don't care. Um, they give us total freedom to make stuff that we think is either useful or entertaining um, or ideally some combination of both. Um, and as long as motorcyclists find the content beneficial um, and it has Fortnite's name on it, then they're very happy. Um, so they, they basically give us total free reign. So it was a homegrown thing for us as a channel to say, um, we want to offer more content. Let's try to scale the team up and see what happens. Um, yeah. The channel's doing very well. I'm curious of the process. Curious uh, how you approach a video from the very beginning. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to turn this question back on this you is, after. This is, so this is the worst. Re- I hate this it. question, but I got to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and tell me after that your five-year plan. There we go. <laughs> um, least favorite question. There we go. Uh, the topics are um, uh, so plentiful. Like, usually at the end of the year, I've got a call... Um, you know, 60 or 80 topics off the board because we just didn't have time for them. There's always way more um, interesting things to talk about than there is time to do it. Most of the topics come um, just through living and working around motorcycles like seven days a week. So we'll be interacting with people and chit-chatting, shooting the shit, and someone will mention something. It's like, oh, I never heard of that before. Or That's really weird. That can't be true. And then, you know, that goes on the board because it's an interesting thing to look into. So, um yeah, we fill this board with with uh, things that we find interesting. Um, and then when it comes time to make the video, 
Um, I'll choose one basically based on what the last video was. So if we just did something about gear or we just did something about an adventure bike, I'll be bored with that. And so I'll go into the, the idea board and say, all right, I want to do something with a sport bike or I you know, want to do a mechanic how-to or whatever just to keep it fresh for ourselves. Um, is this a physical board? Because we have a physical board. No, I'm always it's, on the fence between digitizing the ideas and having them right in front of you on a. Yeah, no, it's a Trello board. Um, so it's it, it exists in the nowhere. Um, but uh, but I respect your physical physical <laughs> board. And, it's and old it, school, it's pretty but I cool. Like it. Yeah, I mean, uh, subscription phobe. I should probably yeah, be more into say, that. It's right. not very on brand for you. Totally. <laughs> I don't. Th I think we just lack the real estate to even pull it off. To uh, be honest. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, that's it. And then, you know, research and, and write the script. Um, I'll meet with uh, Luke, my buddy who shoots and edits all of our stuff. And I'll kind of talk through it and be like, all right, this is roughly what the video is going to look like. But I don't think very visually. I'm, I'm more of a writer first. So um, it's really bare bones, just the information that's in the script. And then he takes that um, and sort of storyboards it out in terms of like what he thinks the video might look like, what kind of visual style he wants to do, um, you know, what kind of music and animations and graphic effects and whatever. Um, and then uh, I put together a shot plan. We go and shoot the thing. Our shoots are usually like anywhere between one day and five days, depending on, on what type of video it is. And then the edit usually will be between three and seven days, depending on how elaborate it is as well. Then it goes up. So when you're conceptualizing the ideas, are you, uh, and you say topics, I guess. Are they literally just that topics, or are you in an early stage coming up with what the title would be? Mm. Yeah, pretty early stages, I'll be thinking about a title. Title is tremendously important, but also the title is usually just the angle. Um, and so the best content is content that has a sharp angle. If you have a sharp angle, your title kind of writes itself. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, I feel like why motorcycles mountain bikes cost the same? How Harley-Davidson killed itself? Um, why did we only start making 270 Twins in the last 10 years? You know, the interesting questions usually are, are the title themselves. I feel like there's a, a problem within the YouTube community that a lot of people are experiencing. Peter McKinnon just put out a video that was kind of based around this, this problem. But he workshops like 10 title ideas, 10 thumbnails. He's asking all his friends, oh, which one do you like the yeah. best? And then he chooses one. And then he regrets it immediately and changes it within the first hour. And he does his A-B testing and whatnot. And I think we're like the same. We, uh, we workshop a lot of titles. We overthink it to death. We have multiple versions of our thumbnail and all that and with TubeBuddy we can uh, A-B test. Oh right. I don't even know about this. So it'll just, it'll, <laughs> it'll show a thumbnail thumbnail for like one day. I don't know. Maybe you can speak on this better. Uh, yeah, I think it d does it every couple hours or something. I see. It'll, okay. And then it just Let's shows A-B test one, things. Which one uh, performed better. Mm -hmm. That's totally cool. We, we should probably do that. Um, Ah, it seems like you're doing fine. But yeah. <laughs> don't change a thing. Yeah, don't no, but live that. your life. The thing is, we've been at this for so long, and like we have gone through so many different eras of YouTube. We've seen it change so many times, and the titles used to just kind of more or less be easy. It was just the title of the thing. Yeah, you, yeah. Didn't, you didn't think about it that. It was much. easy. Sometimes it was just free. At least on Mahalo, my dude, it was mountain biking in Whistler or free ride mountain biking in Whistler. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't had, like clickbaity and it wasn't sure. like trying to sensationalize anything. And now I guess there's this like saturated market and there's so you're competing for people's attention. So people, for sure. it felt like, okay, we got to put more thought into the thumbnails. I kind of hate it. Like, you know, when the title was just what the video was, it was great. When the thumbnail was just an actual part of the video, like a screenshot from the video, mm -hmm. it was great. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, YouTube changed a lot. People realize that you can ABCD test a million things. 
Mr. Beast discovered that you can make this face in every <laughs> yeah. thumbnail and like blue sky, you know, whatever, ditch the background and high contrast and like bright colors and not the YouTube colors because it stands out more and whatever. And like, yes, there is this scientific psychological way to create a title and a thumbnail that makes for a more clickable video. But I think we lose something in that. Like, um, you know, there's authenticity perhaps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Authenticity for sure. Um, individualism, like a lot of the YouTube channels, titles yes. and thumbnails look very much the same now. Um, and there's also the question of, you know, there's what works well. And then there's like, who do we want to be as a yeah. channel? You know, like I could make the crazy face in thumbnails and like maybe our videos would do better and maybe we'd make more money, but also I would have less self-respect probably. Um, and, and I'd rather just be a channel that's just like a little more like our personalities, like low key, just call the video what it is, like make the thumbnail something that actually appears in the video. Um, if we do a little worse and we make a little less money. But maybe you alienate an audience that you've cultivated with that as well. Like maybe you're getting more of a general audience, but they're not people that actually go to your store and buy stuff or like, for sure. It's kind of hard to quantify, you know, just a raw view number might not actually be the whole thing. Definitely. Yeah. It's so true. Like not all views are created equal. I mean, you guys obviously would know, know all about this as well, but yeah, you could get 40 million views where people click off in the first 30 seconds. It's not worth dick. And you know, if your ads like halfway through, it doesn't really do anything for them. And, um, in our case, we're, we're an e-commerce store that sells motorcycle parts. Most motorcyclists are between 20 and 60 years old. So if we have an audience of 13-year-olds because we're posting, like, clickbaity shit that they like, it doesn't really yeah, solve anything, you exactly. know? They're not buying motorcycle gear. They don't even have licenses. They're not old enough. Um, so, yeah. It's, they were probably there because they were looking for Fortnite anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They, they're not even interested in us. We're, we're just, like, we're, dabbing and watching the video. Totally. <laughs> yeah. We're just, we're just the wrong audience for that kind of thing, so... Yeah. Um, so the <laughs> you said the process kind of like quickly. You're like, yeah, you know, and then we write it, and we edit it, and it's done. Curious about the writing, though, because the writing's really good. It's clever. It's funny. You're Thank a good you. writer. What, where's your background lie in writing? Um, I did, actually, I stumbled upon your, like, LinkedIn or something like that. Okay. It seems like you graduated with pretty good grades. <laughs> sure. Pretty smart uh, guy, on LinkedIn. This is very kind. Everyone looks good. I don't know. The smartest like, guy in the pod. It was like graduated top of the class from, uh, was it, uh, McGill uh, or something? Yes. Yeah, what's McGill? Um, I did my research. Yeah, no. I mean, I feel so, so well researched. So creeped out. Um, yeah, uh, the background with writing was just like in uni, um, did some freelance writing for magazines to earn some money. Um, and so, yeah, I always fancy myself like a written word guy, um, more so than a video guy. One day I'd love to just like hang up the, the video gloves and, and never appear visually anywhere again and just go back to writing. Mm. It's a bit of a dream. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's it. Just simple trying to earn a few bucks in university kind of thing. Where did you gain your interest in writing? Just reading, I think. Um, it's sort of my main, if I'm not working, motorcycling, um, I'll either be reading or um, mountain biking, maybe crab diving. That's, that's kind of like all I do. Um, but mostly reading. This is kind of like the the biggest passion in my life aside from motorcycles. So if you read a lot, I think it's this is a natural extension to just want to write too. How much uh, inspiration do you take from Top Gear? Lots. It, I think it's hard to make automotive content and not be influenced by the Top Gear mold because it was mm. so incredibly massive um, and also incredibly special. Like the three guys had something that was incredibly unique. That time at the BBC, I think, was just the right amount of money um, just the right amount of freedom to make something special. I think when they went to Amazon and had all the freedom and all the money in the world, it got a lot worse. Mm -hmm. Um, not familiar. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, don't uh, don't do it. It's. it's <laughs> uh, I don't think the grand tour is really worth it. But yeah, I think I think ins- inspiration by Top Gear is, is is definitely something that's real. Um, yeah, it's you know, it's a great show. It's something to think about for sure. It's interesting to think about the ways that you can be different from Top Gear, but it's tricky to do. It's such a wide ranging thing that it's it's hard to escape the boundaries of it. What's like? What would it be for you guys in cycling content? Is there is there a top gear of your world? Are there giants that are, are hard to step out of the shadow of? For sh- there is kind of like drop in. Right. Oh, I remember they had the bus, right? Yes, yeah. they had the bus. I remember when the bus came through Kelowna <laughs> and it was just like the coolest thing in the world and we were really? hanging out. Oh, fuck yeah. Did you really? go to the Gillard Road Gap? Hell yeah, man. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I rolled up on the Gillard Road Gap like a million times. I'm oh, like, oh, next time, next time, you know? Oh, my God. That's legendary. I just met Dylan Trombley the other day. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like my childhood hero. Right. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. For us, it was like Romanuk. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, yeah, those guys were just heroes. But okay. So drop in. Yeah. I mean, that kind of started a wave of like mountain bike adventure content, I would say. And okay. we, mm-hmm. we did a tour last year called the Island Ride Park Tour, which was like essentially drop in. And episode yeah. one was actually had like scenes of drop in. And it yeah. started with little clips of Jason saying, like, yeah, this is inspired by drop in. Then we like right. yeah, inserted the clips. And then we decided, uh, actually, let's cut it because people are going to be like, you're ripping off drop. In. What the hell? You right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nerds. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Did yes. you guys consider buying the drop-in bus that popped up on Marketplace about a year ago? <laughs> Did you see Definitely the drop-in not. bus? No? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I saw no. it. That would be a nightmare purchase. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't imagine it would have been a good one. But no. Comes yeah. with a few pets, I imagine. Yeah. Oh, a bit of wildlife in there, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, isn't it like somewhere in Nelson? It was in Nelson for quite a long time. I don't know if it's still there. But, but yeah, it's rotten by now i'm sure don't know if it's true that pink bike owns the 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 trademark the trademark to drop in yeah all oh, right they yeah because they interesting i think they funded it that, that was like right. season one sponsorship was like pink bike okay yeah they got way bigger than i ever um ever realized because my experience with pink bike was like when i was in grade seven and if you did like a sick berm you'd like take a shitty photo and like put it on pink bike and then i just yeah. ignored it for whatever 20 years and then came back to it, I was like holy shit they're this massive you know um whatever online community youtube channel forum classifieds like yeah you, you ever watch uh, pretty wide pink reaching. bike academy no <laughs> don't 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 do it this guy's the host, <laughs> <laughs> the host. oh right yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. jason worked for pink bike for a few years <laughs> yeah right okay yeah i ran their youtube channel for three years what one video we every talk single day that was the yeah let's do it let's talk shit yeah sure <laughs> i already have uh no um yeah that was the mandate was uh they wanted 365 content okay so it was like yeah one video every day and uh yeah it's hard that is hard (laughs) that's too many was it successful for them or did they turn around at some point and say no no that that grew the channel immensely okay yeah it had crazy amount of growth um i think it's a recipe for burnout though for the people that are doing the content and you know it's also like hard to have any change or like any change in direction because you're just so focused on getting the content out that you're not really mm-hmm. even looking at what it's like or like yeah you're like did that video do well i don't know we gotta figure out the next one like you know, it's time to it's look up like, like it's hard to put the brakes on and uh, actually like rethink of what you're doing but yeah it's surprising to hear you have that background because you guys are so different right like i'll watch an ifht video and be like oh it's cool and now i gotta wait like three months or whatever until the next one <laughs> yeah. is like super far between totally yeah 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 I th- well with mahalo i think we're more regular like yeah. for sure. actually like bi-weekly or, or weekly recently yeah but uh 
Yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, what's your schedule? It's every couple weeks, every week. Yeah, um, we've never really had one. Um, that's another uh, thing that we've probably just haven't done as well as we could have. Because people say, you know, oh, YouTube algorithm likes to do every week or like try to make it regular every Tuesday or every Saturday or whatever. Um, we could never really be bothered because we get stuck in a project and it would just be interesting. So we'd be like, oh, we want to stay in this and do justice to the idea. And so then it would be four weeks to the next video because we'd just be buried in it for too long. And then maybe we'd do some quick ones and be like one a week for a while. And I think our audience was kind of <laughs> constantly having whiplash because they didn't really know what to expect. Um, within the last while, we've been a little more regular, maybe like one every two, one every one sometimes. The idea with adding, um, you know, a co-host, another team is try to get more content out. So hopefully, yeah, I don't know, one every one, maybe 50 videos in a year or something would be a good goal. But at the same time, we're not really holding ourselves to that. Um, we'll still just get stuck in projects and, and, and put our audience through a bit of a waiting period. But what we, is, had, we had one year where Jason was working at Pink Bike. We did, we tried to do a video a week. I think we did like 47 or eight or something like that. Oh yeah, it's pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. But we never accomplished the 52 weeks in a row. I really respect people who stick to it. Like mm -hmm. um, there's one channel I follow, I can't remember his name. It's like a British dude. He's got a wild voice. He's, He's put out like a video every week for whatever, eight years or something like that. Tom ridiculous. Scott, maybe? That's the one. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, I feel like I've seen this guy. Yeah, maybe it's not eight years, maybe like three or four or something, but he's been like super regular. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. He's got like gray hair, wears like the same red sweater in every yeah. video. He's got um, that one great video that is like, this video has 47 million yeah. views or whatever, and yeah. that's accurate. Because yeah, there's some sort of like it. script that's reading. Totally how many views it has and then changing the title every second. Oh, yeah. have you seen that one? Crazy. No, yeah. that's awesome. I'm envious of channels like that. Cause he has so much lateral move. Like he, I think from what I gather, just covers topics that are interesting. Uh, yeah, so it'll be like, you know, yeah. this rifle range shoots over a road and then it'll be like, this river flows backwards twice a day or like, you know, just, just interesting stuff. I was like, man, that's awesome to have that much freedom. Um, you know, being stuck in mountain bikes or stuck in motorcycles is obviously less, but I get jealous of a lot of channels like gaming channels your overhead is so low <laughs> yes. you know yeah. it's like man it's like one guy on a webcam and a computer like he's gonna be raking it in or we could have um, done Fortnite, damn it yeah gosh, but you hate technology so this is not <laughs> for you for sure yeah i, I couldn't do it i have, don't play any video games yeah. so. <laughs> but, i feel like the uh, grass is greener what a, whoa, do you have snake on your phone though uh no i don't think it has <laughs> snake. Oh, it's got a calculator it's got a flashlight <laughs> well you, you can write you can write boobs and that's a pretty fun game yep totally <laughs> boobies yeah. yeah um yeah it's got it's got a little bit <laughs> I feel like the grass is always greener though because like you can wish that oh, I wish I could just do like any video in the world but at the same time like having the niche mm -hmm. propels you because then people they're coming to you because they want more of the mountain motorcycles or mountain bikes or whatever totally it can help and I think the having massive lateral freedom can be a curse too because yeah. then it's like okay what do I cover next because you have all the options in the world so. I think it's I think it's daunting yeah for sure and it's hard it's hard oh cut out nope yeah. Which part? Okay. Oh. See, we're pros at this. Yeah, we'll start from the, uh, okay, Jason, do the intro. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll just take it from the beginning again. Uh, Ryan, please pronounce this Where, so where are you going after this? So you're riding up. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in my head, like, oh, okay, he's riding from his home in Langley. 
Then he's going to go rip up <laughs> to the Sea of Sky and, like, go camping or something. <laughs> motor. No, no. Yeah, just office in Lonsdale, uh, home in Deep Cove. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I see. Yeah, actually, uh, looking at a number of videos today, I noticed there's a lot of shore. Um, oh, this makes a lot of sense now because Jason yeah. just the other day was like, oh, he shot in a park that I walk every morning. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Emerald. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a dope park. It's a nice park. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're, we're usually so much sense, kicking though. around the shore when we can. But yeah, I mean, you guys are in perfect spot, too, and the mountain biking around here is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, born and raised in Richmond, where it was uh, not so perfect. Yeah, mm -hmm. not so great. Yeah. Is there mountain biking out there? There must be some uh, flat just trails. No. No, just, not just, even? Just jumps. Okay. So, yeah, and then the, the, the home that I grew up in, uh, we had space to build Still. some jumps, and that's kind of how we bonded okay. in the early days filming each other in the backyard doing jumps and stuff and that's yeah. that's actually the birth of our uh youtube channel because in the winter we couldn't film the jumps because it was way too wet yep so we're like what do we do i don't know let's film okay. some comedy okay. typing over msn mes messenger save it for the pod sorry <laughs> i've already told this story a million times okay <laughs> i'll i'll lead us back in with the sound here oh, sorry technical difficulties there anyways where were we <laughs> um, i, I was remember. i had a question has making videos about motorbikes ever ruined motorbiking for you? For a time, like obviously not for your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one to answer. I think yes and no. Like there's definitely days where we'll be on a shoot for like 18 hours, you know, riding and I'll get home and I'll just be like, the last thing I want to do is look at a motorcycle or ride a motorcycle. So in that sense, yeah, I guess it kind of spoils it. But then also I look back on my work day and I'm like, fuck, I was just riding motorcycles for 18 hours and that was work, you mm -hmm, know? Mm -hmm. um, and I feel incredibly lucky to do it. So yeah, yes and no. Um, it's kind of it's kind of bittersweet. Like I pretty rarely ride motorcycles in my free time now because I'm riding them all day at work. And so when I get home, I do other stuff. I'm looking forward to one day retiring from this gig and being able to just ride for myself again, like just having personal bikes and doing my own wrenching projects and doing stuff that nobody sees. Um, I think I think there will be some joy that I reclaim in that, but at the same time, I'm I'm super thrilled to be on bikes every day. Still, um, they're kind of endlessly entertaining. There's a lot of different styles. Um, there's different eras. You can ride them in different places. Like you can you can go as deep into it as as you want to go. I imagine it's the same for you guys, right? Like bikes totally. probably start to feel like work, and then yeah, and it's hard for us because uh, you got to climb the trail, you got to go up and down, you got to get the tripod, you got to go down, grab the camera again, and you film each other. It's hard work out there. It's pretty exhausting, and it doesn't feel like a, just a normal ride. For but sure. But at the same time, you can't take for granted. You got to be grateful for what we do, but uh, it is exhausting. Yes. There's an irony that if we do our jobs well, then the end product looks like a really fun, sick time. Right. Mm -hmm. But the creation of it is probably a not very fun, not very sick, incredibly long and, and piecemeal time. And I've been there on the days where we're with a great group of friends and we're having a blast and I got to be the guy to be like, whoa, 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 hey, let's uh, one more over here. And then, you know, I feel like I'm spoiling the flow of it. It was a great ride, but. For sure. Yeah, filming, filming ruins everything. I'm pretty religious, <laughs> but when I'm not working, I film nothing. And I get really annoyed if anyone takes a camera out. I'm like, put it away, put it away. You know, I like, I don't want to be on camera. I don't want. What are you paying around. me to film me right now? Yeah, exactly. That's right. You got to pay the rate. You got to pay the day rate for you to do this. How did you get so comfortable on camera? Like, uh, just, just time, I think. It. Yeah, like um, the early videos are super awkward. Um, as they should be. As they should be. Yeah, it just probably took a couple years before you stop really noticing the camera, and um, you can be a little bit more normal. So, 
Yeah, and just, just time. I think I think having like a good buddy behind the camera really helps because I can feel like I'm just kind of talking to him sometimes rather than, than talking to I know, are you thousand people. Are you just uh, doing everything off the top of the dome or are you ever reading a teleprompter? Or? Never a teleprompter, but I script everything that we do. Yeah. Um, so everything's like pre-written. We know what lines are going to be delivered in which framing. Um, I try to use like a real economy of words and so scripting is part of that. Um, you know, if you're going to ask a million people to view your thing, you don't want to waste their time. So I'm going to try to get this information across like as cleanly as I can, as efficiently as I can and, and not just mumble and say like, um, and this and that and the other, and you know, all the things that we do when we're working off the cuff. So, so yeah, I script everything when I do my deliveries, they're, they're pretty much always identical to the script. It's easy to remember when you've written it. Um, but yeah, no, no teleprompter. It's just not really necessary. Most of our takes are like three sentences long. You can remember three sentences. So, do you think there was a moment where you felt like you found your voice, or you know, like you're struggling to find it? Like you're looking back at the footage and you're like, I don't know, it doesn't seem like me. And yeah, I mean, I think it's just a just like a, a spectrum. You know, it's a slope. Like uh, over time, I I felt like I got to a place where where the Ryan that I see on the videos feels like the the Ryan that I that I present to people in my day to day life, but I don't think there was one particular moment where where it just happened. But I think a big part of that too is just seeing yourself on camera more. You start to understand yourself based on the digital version of you. You know, so yeah. it, I, I don't know how much of that is me becoming truer to who I actually am, versus like the art informing the reality and me starting to see myself as the way the world sees me on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, it's kind of fucked up that way, to be honest, you know? How so, do you feel about watching your own videos? Um, obviously, when you're in the editing process, it's a bit easier because you're trying to connect yeah, the dots. But like, totally. you know, you're showing someone weeks later, maybe, or <laughs> someone's, hey, watch this video, Ryan's in it. Like, yeah. how do you feel? I think um, what's most enjoyable for me is watching a video maybe like three, four years later. Okay. Um, because yeah. that is the closest that you can get to seeing it the way someone else would see it. Totally. When it's like enough time has passed that I actually have forgotten parts of the script. I've forgotten the way we've shot some things. So sometimes I'll go through and I'll cruise through Fortnite videos from, yeah, like 2019 or 2018 and it'll be entertaining. It's like, oh, cool. Like I'm actually enjoying this and it's new information to me, kind of. Um, and it feels a little bit like what, uh, what an external person would, would feel when they see it. So that I like. When I watch videos like, you know, in the edit, we're just picking them apart. When I watch them the day of release, I'm just doing it to make sure that everything is like correct yeah. and we didn't have some massive gaffe. We've put videos out that had like audio and only like one channel and <laughs> shit like that. It'll, you know, you'll watch it and you'll see all the comments be like, fuck, take it down. My left ear loved this. <laughs> yeah, exa exactly. I think that someone commented that. I was like, all right. Fuck, wow. Yeah. I can name a video on our channel that's been like that forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You left it up. That's cool. How to be a filmmaker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I uploaded it. And it was like five hours later. Oh, crap. And it was like too late. It's, only in, one, it's only in one channel. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's the song that's in one channel. Yeah, gotcha. and cool. Yeah, I remember. I was like on my phone watching it. And I already had like ten or twenty thousand views. I'm like, it's too late now. We'll never get those views back. It's just a meta how to be a filmmaker joke. Now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I actually really, I actually really think it's cool to fuck something up, put it up, and just leave it there. It's like just a statue it. of your mistake. <laughs> it's like you know? a Banksy. Like, it's just you know. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think it's cool. Like. YouTube makes it easy to pull something down, correct your mistake, and put it back up, and it can be worthwhile in some senses, but I think it's cool to have some gaffes out there in the wild, too. A, a little bit more into the writing process. Um, 
So again, you're kind of like, oh, we write it and it's done. But I'm curious to know, like, okay, you sit down, whatever. Are you are you typing? I'm assuming you're not yeah, writing with a yeah. paper and quill pen. Uh, usually when I'm like researching, and I don't know, fleshing out the early stages, it is it is paper and pen. But there comes a stage where where it becomes digital. How like what's your first? Are you just um, called like writing train of thought or are you just letting it free flow or are you trying to mm. is your first sentence something that's going to grab people do you have a kind of a regular process no the the writerly aspect of it always comes at the end um so in the beginning it just looks like a series of notes it's like okay. more information based so you know here's the idea here's the information we want to convey and i'll organize it into like whatever it is maybe five sections um we try to frame everything like you would like a research paper or a thesis so it'll be like you know, the presentation of the problem and then we'll build up some um, supporting data, make sure people understand this and kind of build to a climax of like the solution of the problem or, or the answer to the question or whatever it is. Um, and then, you know, a bit of a concluding statement, which is usually where we get more opinionated. So in the beginning, it's just organizing the bullet points of information into this like flow of the script, depending on what we want, what we want the shape of the video to be. And then it's only at the very end that I'll actually like write the thing. And then we get, you know, whatever it can be writerly and put in jokes and alliterations and witticisms and whatever. Um, if they make sense and if they're inspired by the content. Um, I find, uh, you know, writing that's just flowery for the sake of it is always boring and trash. So um, I try not to think too much about the actual writing aspect of it. Just, just do what's natural to the information. How do you overcome writer's block if you ever encounter it? I don't really get it. No? Um, yeah, no, I've always... Just like, I don't know, I go to work, I work nine to five, I just like, I just work on it for eight hours. Yeah, I'm not really the, the kind of artsy type who's like, oh, I'm not in the mood, and, you know, whatever, <laughs> I can't do it. And, and then he's like, go for a walk. And then like, I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, fuck, it's go time. And nah, it's just, All right, uh, well, we're very different people then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what does it look like for you guys? I mean, and how do you work together to create videos? Because that's something that I, I don't have much experience in either. Well, when we write a comedy project, like a commercial, we're usually, cons it's very collaborative from start to finish. Uh, we're um, conceptualizing together. We're kind of doing the same thing. We're writing notes down. And then when we actually go and write a script, maybe we'll even still kind of go further together with like trying to expand on the points. Well, but well, now thinking out loud, I guess one person usually goes and takes the, mm -hmm. the lead on a first draft. Mm -hmm. And then we bring it back to the group. And then we all poke holes in the logic and try to, uh, uh, I don't know, just challenge the ideas. Because okay. with the comedy, it's like you're, I don't know, you don't know if it's funny when you wrote it yourself, right? So For sure. trying to decide as a group, like, is this actually funny, whether to cut it or move forward? We also started a pretty good system where, like, it's easy as a group, you, you throw out, like, specifically for jokes. You're like, mm. what about this? And then if, if we actually laughed yeah. in the moment, right. we try not to overthink like, because you can come back to it a couple of days later and we'll be like, was that funny? And then Matt will often be like, remember we laughed? And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. it's good evidence. If you laugh the first time, yeah. it's like, okay, it is funny. Mm -hmm. um, and the comedy will totally die for you. And by the time that video is going out, it's not funny at all. No. You're yeah. Like, okay, the people who see it for the first time will. That's why you wait five years to watch it again. And then yeah. you can. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You <laughs> laugh at your own jokes. Yeah. It's very much like saying a word too many times where it loses all meaning and value. Definitely. But yeah, like I, I to add to what Dave said, there's many stages where there's the writing. Okay. Did we laugh? Okay. Then there's mm -hmm. the filming. Was it funny on the day? Was that, which take was the funniest? Then the editing. Are we, are we, is there any reaction while we're actually editing the thing every step of the way? And then even with all that in mind, like, okay, yeah, we've been laughing. You put it together and you're like, oh God, I hope it's. Yeah, hope it's good.
Yeah. <laughs> but that's, I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's just like challenging each other's ideas. Really. And you're, ri- you're writing at every stage, which is like a cliche, but you're, you're writing it. And then in the edit, in the filming, you're rewriting it. Sure. And then in the edit, you're rewriting it based on the tone of the take. And especially with something that's like com- like comedy specific, it's each take can give you such a different vibe or like someone improved a line or you got a happy accident or or you recompose how something cuts together that's actually not how you planned it on the day and all those types of things and yeah. i think like you were saying writing like each word costs five dollars is a great exercise just mm-hmm. to cut the fat we're always trying to cut the fat whether it's in the script or in the edit too mm. yeah and then when it comes to the mahalo projects uh, i mean on the biking stuff uh some of it is scripted uh say like a kind of a tech tech video where sure. uh, maybe we're showing you how to rebuild suspension. Jason might take the lead on that because he's mm-hmm. the uh, mechanical guru with the bikes. Excellent. And then there's in the past, we've done some like filmmaking topics. And so I might go and take the lead on that and just totally do it myself. Um, yeah. I think it kind of depends where we're at in the company and like how much time we have and who's pinned and who's not. But well, the adventure sort of stuff, though, it's retroactively written. Where we add oh, a v- we add a VO, mm-hmm. and you kind of, they kind of recontextualize what happened and okay. like retell the story because they just went and had an authentic experience. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, okay, how do we package this into something that's makes sense to it's an audience? It's true, but not this. In at least in the last year, we've tried to, to experiment with a different approach where we have a concept. We know there's going to be like certain segments, and you know, we build bullet points around it. And then we have a bit of a rough script to go and lead us on the journey. And then, but still, the final thing is like we're yeah. writing it while we're editing, we're narrating it. And then right. the, t- the tough thing with like adventure based or experiential based content is like stuff can happen that you didn't really plan for. And you're like, okay, well, now what do we do? Now that's a sure. different video. And like, how yeah. do we retroactively, but also in the moment, kind of like film this, capture it, and then hopefully like edit it together. Right. So. Do you find you have like heaps of footage when you shoot that kind of thing? Oh, oh yeah, like, God, like way too, too much. much. Yeah, too much footage. GoPros. Oh right, <laughs> they're just filling the hard drives, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I always wonder about that stuff. That type of shoot terrifies me because we've never done it. Like people are always like, "Oh, you should go travel somewhere and like mm. do whatever," and it's like, "Yeah, that could potentially be pretty cool." But every shoot we go on is is like a concerted shoot. We know exactly what we're going to get. We go and get the shots we need for the script, and the project cuts together. Yeah mostly the way we envisioned it. Um, the idea of just like going to do a thing and seeing what happens and then somehow crafting like a sharp storyline with an angle post fact is possible, but mm. I just don't know how to do it. Yeah. We don't either. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It is hard. And you're kind of like, what do I want to make versus like, what's going to do well on YouTube for a sure. lot of the time? Yeah. Like, yeah. What's the audience going to like? And then it's sort of hard to meet, make those crossroads kind of, it's hard to be original with that type of content too because there's so much of it like Mm -hmm. i think anyone doing an interesting trip thinks oh i'll film it and put it on youtube you know Mm -hmm. like it's some of the i think the most populated content on youtube is people going for long motorcycle trips or people going on cool mountain bike rides there's heaps of it and so how to make something that's special and that stands out from the rest is is a massive challenge as well yeah, and the amount of mountain bike creators in 2023 has just skyrocketed. Oh, is interesting. It, is it the same in motorcycles? It's like now everybody's got their own Instagram and they're making comedy reels and they're sure. making a don't you hate it when this and you're biking and then this happens and they're getting 500 million views on it. And <laughs> there's it's, just so many. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably the same for motorcycling because I know like 
during COVID, mountain biking saw an enormous boom. Motorcycling did as well. It's probably very similar. Yeah. Um, so that might be part of it. Maybe too, like, um, I think we've really seen the professionalization of the individual where like 16 year olds now just have social media channels that really are operating on business-like principles because they're being informed by the channels they're consuming, which are corporations, right? If you're watching Linus Tech Tips or Mr. Beast, you just grow up with an understanding of content that's based on SEO best practices mm -hmm. and titling and thumbnailing and, and j just within the content, creating storylines and moments and, and key moments and conclusions. And so it's weird. You see these, like my nieces and nephews, like I see them and I'm like, man, this, the content is kind of amazing, you know, but they're just like going about their school day or like whatever, but they're creating stuff that really is professionalized because that's the type of thing that they, they consume. And so maybe it's just part of that as well. Like, uh, yes, there's more content creators out there, but also the people who aren't really trying to earn money at it are also making content that could earn money and, mm. and really should be earning money. So it creates a lot of competition for the actual companies and the actual businesses that are trying to make a, a run at content creation. But I think that's very healthy. Like it's, I loved YouTube when it really was YouTube and everyone kind of had to go, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think it should be that way. And if, if Fortnite is, is suffering because Joe Blow is making a, a million view video, that's actually great. It's like, well, fuck, that's, that's pretty cool, you know? Mm -hmm. And we should feel that pressure. I'd love it if Pink Bike was getting shown up by like, whatever, Stevie 13 year old, who's hucking stuff in his backyard. He's sick. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've seen his stuff. He's totally He's sick. He's crushing. That dude's so <laughs> sick. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, I think I think it's a good thing. Yeah, interesting. Very timely because there's a kind of ongoing debate right now whether people should be uh, filming their crappy rides on the GoPro and uploading it to YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah. What's what's the what's the core of this debate? Uh, just that, uh, the, exactly that. I don't know. I don't want to get into this again. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's a can of worms. You don't want to get into it but you brought it up. <laughs> yeah. well, I just am amazed that he even said that. He literally just said pink bike should be <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> perfect. I think, I mean, that's too, I think where YouTube is really cool is like the guy who lives in a specific place, go rides a specific trail, has a GoPro and just films it for the people who also live there and want to ride that trail and see what it looks like. You know, like YouTube at its best, I think is like an individual making content for another individual it was the genesis of it. And there's still something like very charming and useful about it. Like in motorcycling, there's a lot of obscure bikes. Like, um, I've got a, an 86 TT 350. It's like, they only made it for a few years. I've got to replace the clutch. So I YouTube TT 350 clutch replacement. And of course there's like some old dude who chain smokes like 40 cigarettes while he's doing it, but he'll show you like how to do the clutch. Cause he just has one and did it in his garage and the camera work is shitty and the audio is all over the place. And like halfway through his wife comes out and talks shit at him. And like <laughs> it's, but that type of content is some of my favorite content on YouTube because it's yeah. like peak useful and like peak specific. They're not trying to earn money. They're not trying to market to a mass audience. It's just, it's charming. It's also yeah. not like over edited. It's not, there's no like intro. There's no ad break. There's yeah. no like fluff that you, sometimes you go to a tutorial and it's like, it takes 10 minutes just to get to the point. Yeah. There's no ulterior motives, right? Yeah, exactly. Like there's so many videos out there that are like, we're going to show you this fun thing, but like halfway through, like, do you know about Manscaped? And like, yeah. you should yeah. probably trim your pubes, dude. And you know, it's <laughs> like, and that's part of that's fine. Cause like we do that. This is yeah. how we fund, yeah. you yeah, know, I, how we we're aware of it and we do the same thing too. And it's such a fine line. It's like, we want to be as authentic as possible, but we want you to trim your pubes. Totally. Yeah. And buy the product. I don't want you to. Personally. <laughs> yeah. He's a seventies guy. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be coming back in, right? I don't know. It's, a, <laughs> Been it's never left. Years. Oh, right on. Yeah. yeah. So, you, so you guys Keep do uh, the integrated ads. 
But uh, it's interesting because you guys are a store. Yeah. And what's that relationship with the... Yeah, it's a point of tension. Like, we didn't run any ads for probably, like, the first... Um, we've really been doing ads for the last year. So, whatever. Like, the first six years of our channel, there weren't any ads because we figured we're a store. Like, mm -hmm. the purpose of this content is to gesture people towards the e-commerce store. Um, it got to a point, though, where we were making a lot of content that really had nothing to do with the e-commerce store anymore. Um, uh, just because we're not very interested in shopping. And we tend to think that people should buy decent stuff once and just never shop again. So we don't really want to push people towards buying things all the time. Um, and so at that point, we are like, all right, we could fund this project partially as well by, by running integrations. So we started with Insta360. It was like a real natural one because we use their cameras anyway. So it was easy to be like, uh, you know, 30 seconds. This is how we get these shots. If you're interested in doing your own thing, like that's the camera we use. Um, people responded pretty well to it. They were like, you know, this is cool. We don't mind. We're happy to, you know, if we get eight minutes of good content and there's like a 30 second integration that's actually natural, they're, they're kind of cool. So we're like, all right, great. You know, this, this can be a revenue stream for us. We can, we can make a little bit more money and then sink it back into production to try to do cooler stuff. Um, but it's still kind of something that we are suspicious of. Um, like we turned down probably 95% of the, the integration offers we get because they're just companies we don't believe in. They're like apps or, um, you know, order your groceries to your doorstep, which I just hate. Or like, um, ah, fuck, I don't even know. Yeah, like Manscaped, shit like that. Or it's just like, these are mostly marketing companies. Um, they're maybe not investing that much into the product as much as they are paying for a million integrations with tons of YouTube channels. Um, and uh, and we just don't particularly like it. So we don't, we don't do that kind of thing. Um, yeah, we're still, we're still suspicious of that. What, what it's the same with merch. We're like... Uh, you know, people want Fortnite t-shirts, but we like, don't really want to sell them. So we like offered them for a bit and they're like, yeah, we don't like this. And it makes yeah. you want them more though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. So we're like, okay, we want to like, just let's ed edging them with merch. Yeah. Well, basically, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of, kind of what we've been doing. Yeah. We, we don't know. We don't know where we're going to go with merch either. <laughs> merch has been a huge thing for us. I mean, merch was kind of like the, uh, the, the turning point where we could, uh, have a team and cool. support yeah, you know, yeah. everybody. Um, and we, we often reference donut media for how they, for integrate sure. Right. Their, okay. Uh, their merch ads into their videos. I know. Very sneaky. Okay. You don't even realize they're going to like, they're just wearing it or, uh, they're just really good with like segueing into yeah. their, uh, it's like part ads. of the video almost like okay. you, you, um, yeah, you don't even know you're watching the ad, but you're like, Oh, he's still doing the thing, but he, now they're talking about the shirt, but they're doing the thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's still going on. Yeah. Do you know yeah. those guys at all? You ever? I totally know of them. Yeah, yeah. like they're massive, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen, I don't know, a few of their videos for sure. Um, but I'm not a big car guy, so it's just yeah, just kind of aware of them as being in the in the YouTube space. Yeah, too, they've too done many wheels. Yeah, they've done <laughs> a few bike things now that makes me think they're like touching into that market. Totally, and those are the videos that I think I've seen are, are more the bike specific ones, and they're they're really good. Yeah, <laughs> annoyingly yeah. good. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, totally. It's you. I definitely watch them. Like shit, we gotta we gotta do better. You know. <laughs> they've they're a mass. They're so big now though. It's so hard to compare like the scale of them. Yeah. What they used to be now, what they are now. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to like go through their space and see what it looks like. You know. How many people you got in your team? Like, I think I remember hearing once that Linus Tech Tips was like 40 people or something. I was like, yeah. man, I can't even believe it, you know? Jesus. I wanted to go over there and like see what it looks like and what do you do with all those people and like how does their just content machine work, you know? Very interested in, in the way that all these different things are built. Yeah, Donut would be another one, but yeah. Coming in here is very like, 
very homely. I don't know if you guys ever filmed this space, but it's it feels a lot like what our studio looks like. Oh, cool. Mostly just like storage and like Red Bulls and like tables and tools, stuff kicking around. Like it's, yeah, it's very functional. But yeah, we try, try to make it cozy, but we do we do some filming in here. We just had a big photo shoot for our Black Friday uh, sale next week. Oh, cool. So we brought the backdrop down and all that, but uh, we're going to do actually a mechanical kind of tutorial next week with Jason. We're going to do a little filming in here. So yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, we try to keep it functional. What kind of merch do you guys sell? Promote your merch to me. We're wearing it. We're we wearing it. Stickers. Jump on the opportunity. Let's go. <laughs> Bicycle accessories. Well, it all, yeah, it all started with a sticker. Yeah. Okay. A sticker based on a music video. I only ride park. Okay. I had one sticker, and that went bonkers back when I was on Snapchat. Cool. Going crazy on Snapchat, making too many stories every day. And uh, I think I just said, like, who wants free stickers? And then it went mental. Yeah, and I, I sent out, like, 50 envelopes that day. I didn't <laughs> even know how to send out an envelope. I had to Google it at that point. And then I realized, oh, man, we could uh, we should probably sell these. So we made a little pack, mm. $10, $10 a pack. Ooh. And that went crazy, too. Sweet. And, uh, yeah, and then since then, uh, then we started making, like, crappy shirts with our, our logo on it. They weren't, like, anything special, just pretty simple shirts. And then it kept getting better and better and better, and Brooke kind of took the took the wheel, and now we're tie-dyeing stuff by hand. We're, oh, no way. We're, yeah, it's really hands-on. As we, It's not just, like, we uh, get it from one place. Like, we order it, and we get it from one place. We have to kind of move things over to multiple different printers or screen printers or... Um, get the tags done on and all that stuff. So cool. Try to keep the quality high. Yeah. yeah. Merch was a game changer for us. Very cool. But you're skeptical. You don't want to sell it to the, yeah. I mean, well, audience. we kind of do like, yeah, like we had four, nine shirts and people were buying them, but then I was like, I just, I don't know. Part of me hated it. Cause I was like, these people already have shirts and like, would their lives be better if they just saved their money and just wore the shirts they already have, you know? Well, well how, what were the designs like? Were they good? Just, no, no, they just said four, nine on them. I see. Just, just whatever. Um, and it's like, it's cool that people want to wear a shirt because it says for Nana. Like, I, I appreciate that. Um, but then a part of me is uncomfortable with it. So we said, okay, let's let's try to only make things that actually, like, do something new. Um, yeah. So we tried to, we worked with a company to try to, like, design um, a neck gaiter, which I took off. But um, I was wearing it earlier. Um, and it's, like, you know, it's reflective and it's wicking and, like, does a few things for motorcyclists. You can, like, get it up over years and you can pull your helmet on so it doesn't chafe. And, like, sits under your chin bars. It's more comfortable, whatever. So we made this thing that actually solved a problem. And then, so right. we put our logo on that. And we're like, we'll, we'll sell this. Um, and, and we were more comfortable with that. It felt better. Um, so we're, we're working on something right now that we think is like a little bit of a step up from that, a little more involved. We've invested more time into it. We think it solves a slightly bigger problem for motorcyclists and training wheels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You, you know, you'll never fall over again. Um, so yeah, I think, I think we're probably maybe going that direction with merch but at the same time, there will probably still be shirts. Like, there's other guys in the companies who are like, no, we, we want to design cool things. And, um, you know, I think, I think there can be some, some space for that. And I'm also the weirdo with this. Like, everyone else in Fortnite is like, merch is great, and they love it. Um, I'm just this dinosaur who doesn't. Um, so I'm going to try not to hold back the team too much with my own personal opinions. Yeah, I mean, people like to rep what they like. And mm -hmm. it was very apparent. I mean, I think there was probably a period where we're like, ah, oh, we don't want to shield the merch too much. But then people buy it. People are asking for more. So we realized when it all started with the sticker that people put it on their bike. That's like great advertising. It's like they turn their bike into a billboard sure. and they love it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and then people want to start, start to put it on their bodies. I mean, that's even better. There you go. Proud to you guys. I mean, you guys all look better than I do, so <laughs> defer to your <laughs> Debatable. Don't knock the Debatable. 
But yeah, you know, we're trying to make it hip and all that, and that takes a lot of effort too. Yeah, cool. It's not easy. No, no, no doubt. No. So, what's your connection with mountain biking? Um, grew up riding um, in Kelowna, um, and then when I went away to school, I just didn't for ten years because there's not a lot of mountains in Montreal. Um, no. And then when I moved back to North Shore, I was like, "This is the spot." When I was growing up, North Shore was like a an adjective, right? It'd be like, this is a really short feature. This is really, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. And when I came here, I was like, shit, this is the place. Like I'm in Mecca, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I got to get back into it. Um, and so I, in my adulthood, you know, kind of picked up mountain biking again. Um, bought a, just an absolutely shitty Cannondale Jekyll that was uh, made out of carbon and immediately broke the seat stay. And then this thing was like three years old. So I contacted Cannondale. I was like, I broke this thing. Like, you know, send me another one. They're like, oh, sorry, it's three years old. Like, that's obsolete. We don't carry it. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? You actually <laughs> paid a bunch of money for this. What are you? You know, I couldn't Back to believe motorbikes. it. Um, and so I was like, forget <laughs> it. Nothing ever carbon again. So I got a Chromeg root down. And I was like, this is simple. I'm not going to break it. If I do, I can, I can bend it and weld it myself. Um, and so now I'm, I'm kicking around on that. I'm super slow, mostly in it for the climbs. I love the climbs, and then I just kind of... Mostly in it for the climbs. Good God. I know. Yeah, one of those weirdos. Get this guy an e-bike. <sighs> no. <laughs> that sounds like the opposite of what yeah. you like. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be the opposite. Uh, I love the descents, too, and like I, I like the adrenaline. It's fun, and you know that, that makes the exercise kind of worthwhile. But, um, but yeah, I, I love, the, love the climbs. We should definitely go mountain biking. Yeah, we should do it. Yeah. Uh, what are you guys into? I don't know. You, you got particular styles or, or preferences? I don't know. Not in it for the climbing, um, <laughs> but don't mind it. Uh, I don't know. We ride everything. We, yeah. Like we, I feel like we've we're old enough now. We've ridden for so long that like the egos are all like left at the door. Sure, sure. And we can just go out, have fun with anyone, ride anything. That's it. Obviously, like you said, the shore is the best. We like there's anything you want to ride up there. We have a big background sure. in jumping. Growing oh, cool. up in yeah. Richmond, where it's flat, right? All we had was jumps, and so we're. I don't know. I guess our skills in jumping kind of translate to the trail. So we like uh, hopping around and getting there. And have you gnarly. have you found that in your older age you've gone off jumping a little bit? Or are you still as into it as you were when you were? Uh, probably more. Mm -hmm. probably okay. More, yeah. Cool. You just get better at it. You. Uh, it's also a mental game, right? So for me, over time, I've just been able to get past certain barriers and achieve new things and yeah. get better and get more stoked and want to go ride again and. That's inspirational because yeah. I had the exact opposite experience where in Kelowna as a young kid who bounces, it was all about like who can knock the biggest stuff. And then when I got back into it here, I just ate shit a few times. I was like, forget this. I'm <laughs> too old for this. Like I'm not, <laughs> not throwing myself off things that big anymore. It's well, definitely like if, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah, so it's like yeah, yeah. kind of got to just keep doing it. it and, and if it is to a point where it's like so stressful that you're having mental battles every time you hit a jump, for sure, maybe it's time to that's it. hang it up. But it was uh, time for me. I hung yeah, them up. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. There's still tons of ways to enjoy biking without getting in, going in the air. Absolutely. Like yeah. 10 years ago or so, I stopped, stopped riding-ish, riding way less for like three years. And then, yeah, getting back on a bike was like, oh my God, this is awful. Now I'm riding so often, I can't even imagine like getting back on the bike and it feeling awkward again. For sure. That's a good feeling. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if you don't use it, you lose it. Is Wait, does true? that apply to everything? I think. Yes. Maybe. That's what I, I heard. Think, yes, I think, it, I think it does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's, it's definitely weird getting back into it after a while. Also, bikes changed a ton. Yeah, yeah. bikes must have gotten way better. <laughs> yeah, way better, totally. Yeah. I had a, like, my childhood bike was a Norco drop that probably weighed, like, 55 pounds. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. and you didn't even try to pedal it up a hill. Like you got to an uphill and it's like, okay, hop off and yeah. push that sucker up there. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe how 
how jumpable and downhillable bikes were that could be pedaled up when I when I got back into it. It's pretty cool. Do you have um, a bike rack on your motorcycle? Um, I don't currently, um, but uh, but they exist two by yeah, two. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've ridden with one. I've used one. Um, it's amazing. It's cool how little you notice the bicycle back there. Yeah, because mm, um, it looks so ridiculous. It looks like, insane. Yeah, you'd think it would be the most ungainly thing in the world, but when you're on the motorcycle, you hardly notice that it exists because all the weight is where the pillion would be anyway, and pillions are like 200 pounds with gear, whereas the bicycle is, you know, whatever 40. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's easy to forget it's there to the point where you have to be careful if you're like splitting lanes or darting around traffic and you don't remember that it's on there, you're going to have oh. a really bad time. Oof. Um, like a yeah. handlebar through someone's like side, totally. side mirror. Or yeah, something. exactly. Oh Take God. off someone's mirror. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool things. Um, it's a good collab idea, guys. Mm -hmm. Motorcycle biking. Yeah. We could do something. We could do something sick with that. I've got access to a two by two right now. One of my buddies has one. So. Yeah, sounds terrifying. There's something. <laughs> there's something there. I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Riding bike, riding motorcycles for the first time. Seems a little scarier than riding mountain bikes for the first time. Uh, I don't know. I always hurt myself way more on mountain bikes. I think because they call uh, motorcycles death machines. Yeah, they do. I think people respect them a lot because they know that the um, the consequences of a ca uh, crash are quite catastrophic. So I think people ride like well within their ability. Whereas mountain biking, I feel like people ride closer to their threshold Yes, and just biff a lot more. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I've, ah, what have I done? Like I've broken my wrist twice mountain biking and I separated my shoulder a couple years ago. I've had like way more injuries mountain biking than I ever had motorcycling. Cause I think motorcycling, you're just, you just know that if you crash, you die. So you, you're quite careful not to. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think. Uh, and also the crashes mountain biking are just freaking awkward. You're on a hill, there's rocks and roots and shit, and, like, there's no cool, smooth crashes. Whereas motorcycling, like, especially if you're racing, you know, flat runoffs, kitty litter, like, you can layer down at 200 kilometers an hour, 300 kilometers an hour, and you just walk away every single time. It doesn't feel like that when I'm driving up the Sea to Sky and you got people ripping past Oh, don't you. get me wrong. Sea to Sky, you're, you're going home in a body bag. But <laughs> if, if you're doing it proper on a racetrack... You'll be absolutely fine. You'll be hot from the friction through your leathers, but that's about it. Jesus. What's your take on that kind of riding up to see this guy? Are you, uh, you one of those aggressive uh, riders through traffic, splitting lanes, uh, um, flipping off uh, I like motorists? To I like to think that I'm not. There's an important distinction between splitting lanes and filtering. Okay. Um, they're both illegal in Canada. I was going to say, um, it doesn't matter. What it so is. it doesn't matter as far as the law is concerned. Um, but splitting lanes are like the... That's the insanity you see on YouTube where a guy's like whew, whew, going through traffic. Traffic's going 100. He's going 200. It's just like mental. You're asking. Splitting lanes. Isn't that, does that mean like riding on the dotted yeah, line? Exactly. Yeah. You're splitting traffic. Um, but that's its speed. So filtering okay. is like, you know, Iron Workers Bridge. It's a gridlock. The cars aren't moving and you're just filtering between the cars. This happens at like the bike's doing 20. The cars are doing like less than five. Right. Yeah. You're in a traffic um, jam and then you see a motorcyclist coming up the like yeah. shoulder and you're like, oh, I wish I was on the motorcycle right now. Exactly. That to me makes perfect sense because if a bike's sitting in traffic, it's taking up the same space as a car. So the jam is longer for everyone. If the bike's filtering, it's occupying a space that cars cannot occupy. So it makes the jam smaller for everyone. People like to think of it as a lineup and they think, oh, that guy's cutting ahead. And so mm -hmm. they'll, you know, come out at you or scream at you at your window. It happens all the time. But the reality is we're not going to the same place. So I filter through the jam and get home. I've made the jam smaller for you. It's not like I'm jumping in front of you and I'm not going to your dinner table, you know? 
Um, so I think it makes total sense. It's legal most places in the world because most places are erudite and they understand things. Um, but Canada is archaic in that regard. Many U.S. states are archaic in that regard, and it's still illegal. But there's a few ones out there, California, I think Oregon, I think Texas, um, where, you, where you can filter. But mm-hmm. not lane split. It's different. Have you encountered any uh, angry uh, motorists? Uh, oh, like every day. Yeah, every day. Um, <laughs> I should, uh, yeah, this is technically admitting to something that's illegal. So allegedly, <laughs> I, I work in a place Wait, which up. is, uh, you know, when there's no traffic, it's 12 minutes from where I live. When there is traffic, it's an hour if you're in a car. Um, so for me, riding a bike is like the superpower. It's how I get home in time, spend time with my loved ones, because no matter when I leave, I can leave like four o'clock on a Friday. It's an absolute gridlock and still get home in that 12, 15 minutes because I can filter through. So allegedly, that's what I do every day. And it's fantastic. Um, but yes, people get really pissed off. They'll lean out their window to yell at you. The really dangerous thing is like you can be filtering through and cars will actually do this. They see um, you coming out their window. Yeah, which is really kind of like... That's a crazy You're, you're thing kind of do. attempting yeah. manslaughter yeah. because you're pissed at someone, which is like a pretty big overreaction. I think some people just um, don't think. They just react and they just... Totally. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it is just it's just a bad reaction. and um, But yeah, you, you see it all the time. Um, you know, Allegedly, the, the benefit of getting home 40 minutes earlier is, is worth pissing a few people off on the way. And by nature of filtering, they're angry at you and you're already just gone. Like mm-hmm. you, you only you hear like, "Hey, fuck it," and then it, like you, you can't hear them anymore. You're <laughs> what, do, what do you think about those YouTube channels that are just like POV of people riding through cities, and then they get into all these like you know scenarios, road rage, yeah, bizarre things, and they just make a living off that? I mean, it's super entertaining. Like uh, Ghost Rider is this famous guy. Right. I think he's supposed yeah, to yeah. be like maybe Scandinavian or something like that. Um, but back in the days of like VHS, he would release tapes of himself like going from like. I remember like Paris to, I don't know, Strasbourg or something. And he'd do it in some like insane time. Cause the whole way he's like, <laughs> he's averaging like 150 miles an hour or something ridiculous. And yeah, that, that stuff is entertaining. Um, obviously super dangerous. I think the guys who are doing it know the risks they take and, and I've obviously decided that it's worth it, but can't say I'd advise it. Cause when you're doing that at that speed, you know, bikes are five, 600 pounds. Like you hit someone, you'll kill them in a car too. Um, so you are being, I think, uh, a bit of a risk to others there, which is a bit irresponsible. Well, some of those YouTube channels, they're not necessarily like aggressively riding. They're just casual and they're just being polite to everybody. And almost like it seems like some of the channels, they're hoping that things are going to come. Oh, like, okay. People are yeah. going to like. It's like a baiting situation. Yeah. yeah they're like. Sure. Look. I think I know the ones you mean. Yeah. Like when we started, um, our YouTube channel was like the heyday of motovlogging. So there was a lot of these guys mm, who would yeah. like. They'd have a GoPro on, they'd ride around every day and hope that someone would cut them off so they could get into a road rage incident. Or they'd hope that they'd see an old lady fall so they could help pick her up because exactly. that would make the yeah. video do well. Yeah, um, yeah I've, I've definitely seen some of those. I think it's one of those things where for a time it was super popular. People loved the vicarious experience of feeling like they were on a motorcycle and there were a few channels that blew up, like a few million subscribers or something. Um, and then it really quickly like tapered off again. I think maybe it just got saturated. People got used to the view. It wasn't interesting anymore. And now I think there's way less appetite for motovlogging content than there used to be. I think mm-hmm. it's like the biking thing a little bit. A little bit of the POV mountain biking. Yeah, was it the same? Like, I think it was all the rage and then I think not. it was like the same time. Motovlogging was going off. Mm-hmm. POV channels were taken off. And now sure. everybody and their dogs got a GoPro and they're, they mm-hmm. started their channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe less appetite. I don't know. For sure. Yeah. I still think, though, people who uh, push on, move forward, innovate, they'll stick around. Oh yeah, there's there's definitely a way to make fantastic motovlogging content. There's probably a way to make fantastic POV mountain biking content. Um, it's just a 
just a harder ask than it used to be. Yeah. So, when are we going for a ride? Are we talking motorcycles? Or I don't bikes? know. Any ride. I'll do whatever. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't like crossed paths on the trails. Well, maybe we have, but maybe. you know, we yeah, just that's uh, true. yeah, we might not have might not have even realized. Um, do you guys usually ride Seymour from Cypress? Yes. Okay. <laughs> just everything. Everything distributed. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, I'm I'm like religious Mount Seymour guy because I live mm. close to there. So yeah, um, yeah. Look out for me when you when you're on that hill, but. Mountain biking, frick, any Saturday morning, that's my jam. Well, we'll get out there. Maybe Dave will join us because we just built up a new uh, fuel EXE e-bike. Oh, cool. That's got na- Dave's name written all over it. Okay. We want to take him out. In blood. Ride. In blood. In blood. Yeah. Dave's cool. a technophobe. <laughs> you what? like the e-bike. You're technophobe. No. No, file. Sorry. File, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Are we done yet? You almost nailed <laughs> it. It was really close. Yeah, damn it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, if we got to make the motorcycle video happen. It's been three years in the making. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to force your hand or anything. No, I'm no, to coerce you into collabing with us. It was a genuine, hey, how you doing? Email. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't care one way or the other. I would love to do it. I think there can be some really compelling content in like a super entry level, like the basics of like how to ride a motorcycle. Mm. Um, it's something that we almost never talk to because we just presume that our audience has that level of knowledge. But I think we've learned over the last couple of years that there's a lot of people in our audience who are interested in motorcycles, but don't ride. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think the, the content could be, could be fascinating. Mm-hmm. If we can use you guys as yeah. beginners, then, uh, yeah, then we we're could, set. We could be guinea pigs. If these idiots can do it, anyone can. Hell yeah. <laughs> I can definitely put you all on a bike that I have zero love for and you can crash <laughs> a thousand times in a row. Perfect. So. I, I, maybe I've gotten on a bike like once, like a motorbike once, and the clutch is it the clutch? The How do you switch? Clutch, clutch is the clutch. Yes, it is. There's, there's a shifter and a clutch. Oh yeah. God! Yeah, yeah. It was but very confusing. I, I mean, there's only but usually five or six gears. It's way less than a mountain bike. Yeah, it's true. I can't remember where I did that now. I think it was a little pit bike. I think it was Ollie Jones's little pit bike, mm. ripping around Squamish in the parking lot or something like that. And I think I kind of got the hang of it. That was mm. fun, but uh, something bigger and powerful. I feel like I'm going to do the old like whiskey throttle, and I'm going to run into a fence, and I'm going to be on America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah, that's the pitfall is is the whiskey throttle that catches a lot of people out. Um, people aren't prepared for the weight of it a lot. Obviously, it's a lot heavier than mountain bikes. Yeah. So when you start to get stopped, they're, they can be a bit ungainly. And people coming from cycles are used to um, being able to save things. Mm-hmm. Like in a mountain bike, you can muscle the bo- like bike around if you have to. You can save it with a foot. If you're dealing with like an 800-pound Harley, like you're just not going to win that fight. Um, so you have to control it with the controls. But but there's other things that are like big pros. Like motorcycles have massive heavy crankshafts that spin at, you know, 8,000 RPM. So when you get going, they're way stabler than a bicycle. Mm-hmm. Like you could, if you're riding a motorcycle down the road, you could, if you wanted to, get right off and stand on one side of the handlebar and keep going straight. Like they're, they're super, super stable things compared to bicycles. So. I'd like to see you do that. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Yes. Let's try to give it a go. <laughs> yeah. Are you recognized all the time now? No, not very often. Really? Yeah, no. I mean, sometimes, particularly if I'm like hanging around motorcycle spaces in a dealership or like at a motor show or something. <laughs> you feel like you have a recognizable face. I, I think I do. Um, I'm an unusual looking person. I didn't realize until I started YouTube. And then during <laughs> the comments, I was like, yeah, I am weird looking. Um, How many Quentin Tarantino comments you get? Lots, lots. Yeah, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino and Joffrey from Game of Thrones is the ones we get oh, a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I was like, shit, yeah. It's the jawline. It is, yeah. No, it's a weird looking dude. And so, yeah, it helps people spot me. I'm always impressed when people spot me from a distance, you know? Um, like, I'll be like 
whatever, like going, like walking around and someone from like three lines of traffic over will be like, hey, <laughs> shit, how'd you even do that? I think because I have almost no facial recognition. It's like a thing in the brain where like even like my own wife, I, if I don't, if she's out of context, I won't recognize her. <laughs> this is a real thing that happens. That's crazy. We were in an Airbnb. It's like we were staying and, you know, it was one of these places where it was like three, four other, you know, couples, people, you know, staying in different rooms or whatever. Um, and so, uh, yeah, she, she came out of one side and came walking by. I was like, hey, you know, just, just thought she was someone else in, in the She spot. just put on a hat and you're like, who the fuck is this? Exactly. Yeah. It's different Get context. Out of my bed. Get out of here. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I always thought it was, uh, maybe just me not paying attention or something. And I learned yeah. a few years ago is actually like a part of your brain that recognizes faces. Yeah. And people have, yeah. have this piece that doesn't work quite yeah. well. You're like your facial, flip phone. facial blindness a little bit. No, it's a bit uh, like no that. facial recognition. Zero. <laughs> you don't have that. Yeah. I'm absolutely useless. Yeah. I'll often be like, uh, you know, I'll see someone and think like, oh, that's this person. And my wife will tell me like, dude, that's, that person's like 20 years younger and do like you has brown hair. And do you see like faces it. in random things like clouds and stuff or no? Uh, no, not normally. I do all the time. I do all the time. Because okay. like our, the human brain is actually cued to see faces and things and identify it. But I feel like you're... Mine's not. You're, you're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I feel like I was a freak. Because when I, when I was growing up, I'd have a shower, I had a washcloth. Mm -hmm. I'd throw it on the bo bottom of the tub. And I just, I made this thing of like, every time I did that, I would see how it landed and I would try to make a shape out of it and see what it made. And I'm like, I'm, I'm a freak. What yeah. am I doing? Why am I, why am I like this? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's the artistic kind of side of me. When the thing, Talk you're not a visual artistic. person in that same way. So I think that's all part of the same thing, right? It could be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, it could that, be. that makes sense. What is this? Burke's pulling up a meme here. What do you got for us? Oh, sure. <laughs> there you go. Jason, you like that? You see faces? I've seen faces. I don't <laughs> that's like. That's the most Jason answer I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't, I don't seek know. them out. <laughs> <laughs> We're not looking for them. We just. I've seen some faces I've in my day. I've seen tons of shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't the things it. I've seen, boys. Well, <laughs> like, okay, like you're riding in the forest, you look at a tree. Do you see a tree and you're like, oh, it looks like there's a face in that tree. It almost looks like it's looking at me. If it has a facial looking oh, trunk. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Move on. <laughs> Only if it's really facial. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, next time I see you guys, because I know there's like a you're Matt, not going to Jason this. and David, but I won't know which one's which. Probably. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Don't take it personal, guys. I remember faces more from if I've seen a photograph of someone, and then if I'm recalling what a person looks like, I'll recall a photograph more than the in-person interaction. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and okay. I don't know what that is, but it's weird. Yeah, you, yeah, that's interesting. I wonder why. I don't know. Something like it's more like formed, and you know something you can kind of capture whereas a person in real motion is you know it's a video sure. not a photo yeah yeah three-dimensional change of things yeah should we wrap it up yeah let's wrap Faces, it up yeah. this is what this is where we would normally play this or that but once again we don't have a this or that no, we've prepared. abandoned it we've, we've abandoned, abandoned it, it. What, but, uh, what is I wanted, this or that? the chuthers were upset there was one other, person <laughs> there was one comment hey. which means eight million people <laughs> were offended he's the vocal minority man this is some game, I presume. Like, uh, yeah, we would have uh, had a list of this or that. So this or and you like have to choose Harley one, or you know. Kawasaki. Gotcha, yeah, we gotcha, would have gotcha. learned about you. Cool. But we we said, you know what? This doesn't really give an opportunity for the guests to kind of like speak on each thing. We just kind of rush through them, and then it's more work on our yeah, part. That was the main. But thrust. we used to wrap them up with a with a. We used to wrap these up with a game. But now we don't have a game. We it can, sounds fun, but let's not do it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we could end with pet peeves. I don't know. Yeah. We, we well, the worst is like mentioning that we had a thing, but we don't anymore. <laughs> that's your pet peeve. That's a great, like, anticlimactic <laughs> note. Yeah. We had a totally disinteresting and random facial conversation, and now we introduce a game that we're not going to play. I thought it was very yeah. interesting. Just quietly comment, walk away and no. let it go home. The <laughs> comment last time was that they waited the whole episode for the mm. this or that, and it never came. Well, they're not listening anymore anyway. Yeah, so. they quit. They're, so they're no longer each other. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you haven't figured out that you can scrub to the end to find the part you like, then I feel like you deserve that. Are you a big podcast guy? You. No. Controversial opinion. I think podcasts are, are kind of... <laughs> Careful. <laughs> there I go here. Yes. Um, they're... Uh, <laughs> I think they're um, they're just bad for the world <laughs> on a whole. I think uh, people no. people so had silence in their days where they would like think their own thoughts and people would originate um, their own opinions within their communities. They'd talk to a neighbor, they'd go to a school and learn something, and roll in a course. Maybe they'd read a book, um, which could be uh, you know citable or connected to other resources and. And now people originate their opinions uh, wholesale. They just take them from, sure. you know, oh, I listened to this two-hour thing, and now I have a fully formed opinion on X topic, which is really just the opinion of that one person who p portrays themselves as a professional. So many podcasts are like, oh, this professor, or this mm -hmm. scientist, or this whatever. But the second you start to uh, create a podcast, you're no longer operating as a professor or a scientist, right? You're trying to be mass marketable. You're trying to create something that is the most compelling or the most controversial content, not necessarily the most true. So I think, uh, you know, academia belongs in academic settings. Um, you know, it, it operates well when things are slow, information is, is conveyed slowly, um, it's boring, and, and, and the people who want it have to seek it out. I think podcasts fill too much dead space in our days, and, uh, and, and people start to care about things and have very strong opinions about things that they would otherwise not care about and not have strong opinions about inside their own communities. So if I could, I would nuke every podcast on the planet and I think the world would probably be a better place. But I recognize that in doing that, it would also eliminate podcasts like this one, which are perfectly <laughs> harmless. He just read all that nice. off the palm of his hand. It was all scripted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that came out so naturally, I'm a little concerned. I only I... came on here because I knew I was going to get to deliver this message. <laughs> no, it's, it came out that way because I've had this conversation so many times where you know I'll be talking to a buddy and all of a sudden I'll be going off on this discourse. I'm like, where the hell is this coming from you know and it's like five minutes of impassioned like whoa these aren't your ideas you're not this person what is this and then at the end it's like yeah and i heard this on this podcast right. and i was like fuck podcast yeah. man yeah. they're just they're just the worst but this one is fine and <laughs> things like this are totally fine and if, if i nuked all podcasts this would be the collateral damage that would be sad <laughs> um but but it would be worth it to get the fucking jordan <laughs> peterson's off of the world and mm. all that garbage but uh there you go there's my controversial opinion on i don't on podcast fully disagree i don't fully disagree with yeah that, no, yeah. i think you're right i think it's meaningful for us this is great because you said you know connecting with neighbors and people used to actually have real for relationships sure. we are Maybe actually we neighbors yeah, yeah. Maybe we wouldn't have met if we didn't do this. But yeah, for the uh, people listening, maybe it's I don't know. If it makes you feel better. I don't listen to this podcast. Perfect. Yeah, you do. Yeah. There you go. You do it. <laughs> what? When you edit it, <laughs> he scrubs. Nah, this this one's good to <laughs> listen to. I was telling to everyone like not listen to any others. Just listen to this. Thank you. One. This uh, is okay. the first. Get, get all that silence back in your day. It's so insidious how people fill their only silent two hours with other people's garbage. This is the first <laughs> podcast you can actually get on a flip phone. Oh, is that right? Yeah, you, there's a phone number for every I episode. Call it and, and you call it, it and then it. some guy, there's just some guy we have, <laughs> and he puts his phone there next to his laptop. 
<laughs> that would be sick, man. I love yeah. stuff like that. There was a company for a while when it still exists, but there's a company that it would be a number you'd call and it would order an Uber for you. That's it. For like oh, grannies nice. who only had like flip phones. And so it works great for me because I like oh. Uber, but didn't have the ability. So I was like, now I can call this number and get one. Man. <laughs> oh my God. I, I thought you were going to be like, yeah, I love podcasts. I uh, can listen to them in my helmet. Uh, I got a cool motorcycle helmet. Nah, it's uh, the exact opposite, man. <laughs> helmet time is sacred. Like, you know. I saw it coming after the flip phone. That's how people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. Yeah. Matt walked into that one. That was great. Well, that's a great way to end the podcast. Yeah. yeah. All podcasts suck. Except for this one. Except for this one. There you go. Well, this is feeding off each other. Do you feel well fed today? I feel totally well fed. We yeah, this was this was fruitful, guys. It was yeah. fun chatting with you. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. this. Yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah, hopefully no, uh, we awesome. connect on some other stuff. You know, Hopefully we can do that collab before you uh, retire. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the retirement is not looming in anytime soon, so... Yeah, we'll we'll make it happen. We'll make a solemn promise to the listeners that they'll get to see a IFHT Fort Nine joint video at some point. What happens? Or Mahalo, my dude slash Fort yeah. I don't know how you guys work out. What all of the above? We can make a how to be a motorcyclist. We can make a my first time motorcycling. We can how to be a motorcyclist would be so sick. I'm very familiar with those those videos of you guys, and they're awesome. Yeah, so. let's make it happen. You got the sponsor? Let's do it. Cool. Get someone help us get someone to pay for it, and we'll make it. That's a good one. There we go. I'll just Fort Nine will pay for it. I'm in. Say no more. <laughs> Cool. There you have it. <laughs> what happens to, sorry, one more question. What happens to the channel if you retire? Aren't you the face of the channel? Is it, does it like, you know, I know you. you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying not to be. I think that, that was part of the impetus of like bringing on another another host is like, okay, let's make content together for a while. And then maybe at some point we'll um, we'll have three or maybe this other host will just, you know, start to be, be uh, you know, an equal representative of the channel that I am in, in people's minds. Um, and I can create a situation for myself where I can just quietly sort of <laughs> less videos, less videos, creep out, kiss sure. you guys, you know, and just, uh, <laughs> and, and they'll just say, disappear. what happened to Ryan? Mm-hmm. Worry Ryan? Yeah. I mean, a part of that's inevitable and, and, and it's heartwarming cause it's like, you know, uh, it feels good to have people miss you. It's like, great. You know, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that people will be sad when I go to some extent, but also, uh, I'd love to set the channel up in a way where, where it can live, uh, without me. Yeah. Well, blaze your own trail. You're doing it well. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. It means a lot coming for you guys because I think you guys do what you do tremendously well, and 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 you know exactly what goes into making these things. So appreciate it. All right. Well, that's a podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. And as always, we definitely, definitely fed off each other. Thank you for listening to feeding off each other. Please subscribe for more great podcasts. <laughs>